0: That's why we're not doing it next week because we're still working out the details. So big detail is the fish detail. So can't have a fishing derby with goldfish. We need some real fish like trout. And so we went to something last weekend where they did this in uh, fish in, in like doughboy pools. And so lots of fish. Uh, It was really neat. My son pulled out a couple of fish and it was really cool. He took them home, cleaned them, and then they smelled. So I threw them out because I wasn't about to eat them because they smelled. They were not you know, iced for like two hours, and it's a little risky, I think, so I cleaned it. He thought that was awesome and gross, and, and uh, but anyways, we're, we're wanting to do that because what kid wouldn't want to, like, actually catch a fish? I, I know, like, going to fishing and then never catching anything, such a depressing and disappointing experience, so if we can create an environment where people can actually, their kids can actually do this, and, and dads or father figures can show their kids how to do this, I think it'd be a blast, so. Pray for us, and if you have any leads on fish, fish farms, hatcheries, we've just been striking out, you know, we're too small of a deal to get anybody to come and drop off the amount we want. So, But pray for that, if you would. So let's pray together before we dive into the message. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your, your goodness and your love and just the way that you do care so deeply for us. We thank you that, God, amidst all the pressure in our lives, amidst all the noise in our lives, Lord, you... In your voice, it still speaks to us, God. We 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 just recognize as we sing, Lord. It's, we worship you. We're here to worship you. We're we're here also to respond to you, God, as you as you speak to us through your word. I pray that your word would be clear, God, as we look into it. And Father, I pray that it would land just where you want it to on this topic, Lord. We pray for that in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, today we're continue on looking at this message series called "The Dark Side," where we've been just talking about some of those areas in our lives that lurk below the surface that we would rather just ignore or admit we don't struggle with or don't deal with. And so, so far we've looked at the area of guilt. And a lot of us are just, we feel guilty all the time. And some of it is related to church. Some of it's related to God. Some of it's related to things we've done to others and things we've been involved in. And so we talked about the way to deal with guilt is confession, confessing it to God. And, and then if, if we've offended someone, confessing it to them, asking them to forgive us of that. It's the only way that you can break the power of guilt is through confession. So if you're carrying around guilt, you know, I just want to encourage you to continue to, to just work up the courage to make those phone calls or write a letter and, and actually to begin to clear things up. Last week, Bruce looked at anger. Another thing that's kind of one of those dark issues in our life we would rather not admit that we struggle with. But most of us have this reactive ability or we have this passive aggressive anger that, that kind of comes out at times and, We'll snap at people and we'll think, where did that come from? And, well, from inside of us. And so there's things that lurk deep that we would rather forget, but people in our lives, they experience them. We actually know they're true. I mean, we deep down, we we, I think we all know, yeah, i got some struggles, whether or not we want to admit them. But people actually see these things. The thing that we're talking about this morning is greed, which is pretty difficult to identify in ourselves. Most of us would say, no, I'm not a greedy person. Probably a lot of greedy people here, but that's not me. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I'm I as I've looked at these passages, I qualify. I'm a greedy person. I, and and I look and I, I get really... I, I was kind of discouraged as I looked at things because I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm really greedy. I really want a lot of things. I'm not ever satisfied with what I have. I always want to upgrade for the new one. The greed is actually camouflaged in virtues that our society promotes. We think, we save, we plan... You know, we, we think that that's just good stewardship. We protect the stuff that we have. We think that's good stewardship to protect the stuff we have. And so sometimes greed can be somewhat camouflaged in some virtues that our society promotes. We typically tend to think that greed equals Scrooge. You know, greed equates with a Scrooge type person. We've all, most of us have probably seen the Christmas Carol or some version, whether it's cartoon or the real one or DuckTales or something like that. You know, there's this Scrooge character who's just got lots of money and he is just he's miserly. He's not compassionate. When people come to the the door of Scrooge, they just they knock on the door and he's just not interested in helping. And none of us would really readily identify ourselves as Scrooges, would we? I mean, most of us would say, you know, that's that's not that's not me. But greed takes different forms when it's lodged in our hearts and it begins to impact our relationships. You may not see it, but your spouse probably sees it. Your friends probably see this kind of greed. Deep down, our greed cannot be satisfied. It's very, very difficult even to hide this. So we're going to start by looking at a comment made from Jesus in, in the book of Luke. And it's part of a larger story that Jesus, he shares in Luke chapter 12. It starts with this scenario where two brothers come to Jesus, and they want Jesus to arbitrate between them and to divide their inheritance so they say jesus will you divide our inheritance you know will you make sure that i get my fair share the idea is i want to make sure i get what's mine or what i should get or what i think i deserve to get so jesus would you arbitrate between us and jesus doesn't even respond to their request instead he says this he says watch out and this is in your outline watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed he's saying there's more than just one kind of greed there's more than just the scrooge kind of greed and so When we talk about greed, if you're thinking, well, I'm not a Scrooge, this doesn't apply to me. Jesus is saying there's more than just that. Most of us, when there's tragedy or when there's devastation that hits, we typically are moved to compassion. And typically um, we may use our resources to help those people who are in need. But there's what Jesus is saying, there's more to it than just the uncompassionate, hard-hearted greed. So Jesus says, be on your guard for all kinds of greed. You might even circle, there's all kinds of Greed. There's not just one. The verse goes on and it says, A man's life or a woman's, you know, or a woman, in a sense, a man or woman's life does not consist in the abundance of his or her possessions. Jesus says that's a form of greed. Jesus is saying there's a greed where we live as if life is all about storing up, hoarding, and acquiring more. Just this I've got to have more. This insatiable, you know, we, we can't ever satisfy the desire for more. And this is what Jesus is talking about. Can you imagine what tribal people must think when they come to America and they observe our consumerism? And sometimes there's documentaries on people who come from other countries. They live in, you know, like, they live in the jungle in huts and then they come to America and they're, like, walking around. They give, they're given American clothes and they're trying to fit in, but they're watching just the way we do life and they just, they're scratching their heads they can't make sense of, the American consumerism. It's like, they must say, you know, they build these large, large huts and, and they go in and they exchange this stuff, this paper and they walk out with this big stuff and then they do it again and again and again and they just keep exchanging back and forth and they have these houses that are huge and they you go inside the house and they have these these big rooms and it's actually just a room for their clothes and and in the in their closets there's there's all this stuff and there's so much in there and they keep buying more it's the strangest thing and when they when they run out of room in their closet they box up their stuff and they put it up in the rafters and then they go back to that hut and they buy more stuff and they keep adding more stuff storing and hoarding more stuff this is a type of greed that Jesus is talking about he's saying that when we think life equals the the acquisition of more stuff that's a form of greed life being all about purchasing, adding to, for my sake. Someone comes along and asks for a donation, and we think, you know, we look in our closet, and we think, you know, I actually use all this stuff. And and we look in our wallet, and we, we go, you know, I just, I'm I'm all out. You know, and this is actually, my wallet actually had $11 this morning in it. And I was trying to collect a little more money from people, and we just, we only came up with like 23 $24, so, but anyway... You know, we typically, you know, we don't carry a lot of cash around with us. We either spend it or we put it in the bank or we pay our bills with it. And so when when needs come up, you know, we look and we just, I just can't afford to do it. I was thinking about my closet and there's a little exercise in the back. You can check this out later. The possessions inventory, just to kind of go through your stuff and look at how much you have. How many jackets, how many sweaters, how many shoes, how many jeans. You don't need to do this right now, but I was looking at my stuff and I was thinking about, I have a lot of stuff. And it's really embarrassing. And I haven't went through and actually done this yet. But as I do that, I was thinking, I wonder how many combinations I have in my closet. And that's not a guy thing to do. But I was just thinking. So I'm going to be honest. That's, That's a stretch for me to actually think that thought. But I was trying to think about everybody involved here. So I was thinking, man, I probably have a lot of combinations. Maybe I have a thousand combinations Now they may not all match, they may not all look good, but I probably have thousands of combinations of, of outfits that I could wear. I may look goofy, but, but, you know, like, I could probably mix it up quite a bit with all that I have in my closet. You probably could too, couldn't you? So Jesus, that's the context, because then look what he says. He says, life is more than just stuff, and then he tells him this parable, you find it in Luke, it's actually not in your, in your outline, but it says, In Luke 12, he tells him this parable. He says, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. So this guy has a good year. It's a parable. He says, he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns. I'll build bigger barns. And there I will store all my grain, all my goods. Now, he must have been an American. Jesus was talking about an American here. I'm pretty sure. And I'll say to myself, you've plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for anyone or with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. This is kind of the American dream though, isn't it? The American way of life we store. And what Jesus is saying about this mentality is this is greed. And greed, this is in your outline, greed is not primarily A financial thing. It's just not a financial issue only. It's not just about our money. It's a heart issue, Jesus is trying to say. Jesus is getting at our hearts. Whenever we're asked for help, we hear about a need, someone comes and says, hey, we really could use this. Are you just aware of a need? We think, I don't have the cash, so I better not. We take out our wallet and we show it, I don't have the cash. I'm not able to help. But the truth of the matter is, Not having the cash has never stopped us from spending, has it? We never, when it comes to something we want, we typically don't say, well, I don't have the cash, so I can't do it. I can't afford it. We typically find a way to afford the things we want to spend our money on. We'll use our savings. We'll use financing. We'll use whatever we need to do. And so Jesus said, this is such a subtle thing. He says, be on your guard about all. We have to be on our guard because it creeps in. Greed is when we think I'll die if I don't have. I've got to have one. I've got to camp out for one. I got to hold one. Have you held one? Have you have you played with that thing? Have you have you worn those things? Anybody ever buy like the um like the catapult shoes? Yeah, a couple guys. And I had to have those. And if you're this tall, you understand why. You know, playing basketball, I needed all the help I could get. Reebok pumps and catapults, anything to advance. And I remember this, I gotta have it. I had nice shoes at the time, but I gotta have those. Well, that's what Jesus is saying, you know, be on your guard against this. If we do nothing about our greed, our greed turns against other. It causes us to turn and hurt other people. Hey, don't sit on that. We, we, we don't sit in there. We, we don't sit in that room. Or hey, would you take your shoes off before coming in? Uh, we just, oh, well, but my feet kind of smell. Well, it's okay. It's fine. We'll deal with the smell, but can you just take that off? We don't want to, we don't want to dirty our carpet. We don't want to scratch our floors, but my feet really smell. Got a foot problem, and that's well, okay. We'll deal with it. We'll plug the noses. We'll, we'll be okay. Just don't scratch my stuff. Don't dirty my stuff. Jesus is saying, we may not think that's greed, but I think when we start Supporting, protecting, storing up, acquiring more. He's addressing a heart problem. Think for a moment about the way that, how easy it is for us to go into debt. How the decision to go into debt is a pretty easy decision. I'll pay it back. I'll use my income. When when the decision to give something, how hard it is. Because I don't have the cash. I don't have the money. I don't. Jesus says, if you want to get over this heart issue, there's a principle to get over it. It's found in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6 Jesus says in verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. This isn't a verse against saving. It's not a verse against being responsible and liquidating everything and living in your car. Jesus is addressing those of us who just keep swapping out all the old for the new. Those of us who keep continually storing and hoarding. This is for those of us who have yard sales. And our friends bring their stuff to our yard sales. And we have a bunch of friends. Then we start... Buying each other's stuff, we don't make any money. With the money we make, we buy our friends' stuff, we box it up and we, we don't know if we're gonna need it, but we'll, we'll store it in our house for a long time. Jesus is saying, stop it. He's saying, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. There's a place, there's places to put our resources that will last. That will make significant impact. This is Jesus' way of saying, give stuff away. Get rid of stuff. Give the, give it away. Now, this doesn't settle good with me. And I feel like I'm probably like most of you. This does not settle good with me, give stuff away. I, I'm like, I paid for that. Shouldn't I sell it? And I, we've all sold stuff. Give stuff away. Well, Jesus says in Luke twelve thirty three, he says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. There's places to put resources that are safe, that will not be lost, that will not break down. So Jesus is telling us that we need to shift some of our stuff from our kingdom to other people's kingdoms. From my wants and wishes to other people's wants and wishes. Even you know some of the things I need that I feel like I really got to have to some of the things that others really got to have as well. And Jesus is saying, if you don't, or if you do that, what you're doing is you're storing up your your treasure in heaven. You're storing up something eternal. The point he's trying to make is, don't be a store, don't be a hoarder. And then he gives the reason why. It's found in the next verse, verse 21. And this is the key principle here: store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Why? For where your treasure is right now, wherever your treasure is currently, there your heart will be also. He's telling us if we want to find our heart. We simply need to follow the money trail to find your heart. Follow the money trail to find your heart. If you want to know where your heart is, look through your check register. Look at your visa statement. Look at the way that your money is budgeted. And that's where our heart is. Our heart is following along our treasure. If your heart is in the stock market and and you've invested a lot recently in some things and the stocks are up, man, you are feeling great, aren't you? You're just feeling great. If you've just recently bought a new car, I've done that before. And driving around a new car, it makes me feel so good. It just makes me feel really good. You know what doesn't make me feel good? is when somebody dents my new car. It's when a rock chips my new car. And I don't feel good because my heart is, is invested in my treasure. Our heart is attached to all those things that we put our money into. And Jesus is saying, hey, sell some of that stuff. Give some of that stuff away. You see, money... What Jesus is saying is money is really an indicator. This tells us a lot about our heart. We can also use money to redirect our heart, though. If we put some of this stuff in a place where we want our heart to move towards, that's how we move our heart. This is a way to control and to redirect our heart. Jesus goes on, verse 22, he says this. He gives this really powerful illustration about this connection between our heart and our money. Verse 22 says, the eye, and it seems like this is disconnected, but... Just follow it along. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? He's doing a little word play here on these in this in these in this teaching. He's saying, just as your eye directs your body, you know, I think I'll walk over here. I think I'll walk over here. You know, our eyes directing our body. We never like, walk backwards, like... like we, we don't do that. We Our eyes point us in a certain direction. He's saying, in the same way, your treasure, your money, has the potential to direct your heart. If you want your heart to be moving towards people, then your resources need to go towards people. If you want your heart to be moving towards kingdom things, towards worthy kingdom causes, then your your treasure needs to go there, it directs your heart in the same place. Back to verse 22, he says, If your eyes are good, this is the word, if your eyes are good, this is the only time this word for good shows up in the Greek New Testament. It actually can be translated good or generous. And in context, it's it's the idea, if you follow the the context of this passage, reread that. If your eyes are good or generous, if you have generous eyes, your whole body will be full of light. Then it says if your eyes are bad, this Greek word can actually mean envious or bad. So if your eyes are good or generous, your whole body's full of you know, you just full of light if your eyes are bad or you have envious eyes, like I want, I want, I'm gonna die without it. Man, your whole body will be full of darkness. This just puts a spin on our life, it has the potential to just ruin things. It has the potential to devastate marriage. And we think, wow, how are how are we fighting so much about all this paper? How does this paper have so much control over us? Well, it's because if our eyes are envious, if our eyes are bad, man our whole body's full of darkness, our whole marriage is full of of tension. There's just a lot of stress there. Every area of your life will be competing with this. Have you ever met an extraordinarily generous, generous person who was not happy? And there's these people that are really generous. Some of you may be just a really, truly you're a generous person. You just give people the shirt off your back. you give you need some shoes. Here you go, here's some shoes. You need some you need some money, you don't have here you go. People that have that generous outlook on life, their whole body is full of light, Jesus is saying. And there's just this that it has this outlook, this impact on their total outlook. Have you ever met an envious, a greedy person who is happy? No, most of us, the whole body's full of darkness. Just things are not going well. And so these verses really move us to reallocate. Assets. When we do that, whenever we reallocate our assets, it relocates our heart. It, re- it moves. If I'm constantly the beneficiary of all of my resources, and I'm constantly just craving all sorts of things and hoarding, then my heart is just this big mess. My heart's jumbled. So in order to relocate my heart, I have to transfer some stuff, again, outside of my world, outside of just me. If I want my heart to move towards people, then I've got to give to people. If I want my heart, if I'm moved with compassion, and I see the needs of people around the world who are in extreme poverty. And I find out it's $38 a month to support a child. And, but I, I'm moved, but I'm struggling to give because I don't know where I'm going to pull that from or I don't know what I'm going to stop spending my money on. You know, in order for our heart to fully be towards these people who are in extreme poverty, our treasure needs to go. Our heart will follow. For our heart, you know, we, we say our heart's towards missions or going overseas. And doing these things around the world, and if our heart is there, how much of your resources are you using to to support overseas work? If you're going on a trip, I know some of your students, you might be going on a, a mission trip. You know, it, it's it's pretty easy to, to to fund. Well, I wouldn't say it's pretty easy because it's not easy to fundraise for mission trips. But depending on how many people you know, it might be really easy for you to just to raise money to go on a mission trip. But Have you considered working for your whole summer in order to contribute as well? Because when you do that, I tell you what, your heart is going to be fully invested in that mission trip. If you've invested a lot of your own resources, other people have helped, but you're in it. Your heart, your treasure, it will follow. Generosity is the key to breaking the grip of greed. Just being generous. Whether you're a student, whether you're married, being generous. It's the key to break the grip of greed. Where do you need to currently grow your generosity? Just think about that for a moment. Towards what? Towards people, towards ministry, towards missions, towards just saving up so that you're able to help when people have a a, just a rough month and they need some additional help. I encourage you to learn to ask this important financial question. Here's the question. God, what are your goals? God, what are your goals? We all have our goals financially Whenever we're at the beginning of the month or whenever we receive our paycheck, when we're writing out our budget, consider asking this question, God, what are your goals? David, the king of Israel, the man who was with tremendous power, probably unlimited resources at the time, he prayed this prayer. He said, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. He's saying, it's not mine. This stuff is all yours, God. And he says, yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. We have this illusion that it's all mine. It's got my name on it. I paid for it. I worked for it. it. The paycheck has my name on it. It doesn't have God's name on it. But I think this is one of the most important questions with our resources. God, what are your goals? Take your budget, if you're single or if you're married, and sit down together and say, God, here, here are my goals. Here's our goals. What do you think about these? And then more importantly, God, what are your goals? What do you want me to do with your resources? Try that the next time you you get paid. Consider doing that. Can you imagine if you had a financial planner who was managing all of your money and they never once called you to check in on what your goals were? Well, let's say you have someone managing this portfolio of retirement and you have them doing this and you can never get a hold of them. You're calling them. Yeah, they'll call you back. Oh, they'll call you back and you're like, man, I hope my money's okay. You know, you call and you keep getting the secretary. Yeah, he's he's busy right now. He'll call you back, never calls you back. Are you going to continue to provide and trust your resources to a money manager who does not have your goals in mind? Probably not. And this is the same idea here. This is the same idea here when it comes to these are God's resources. Possible response or a few responses you might have as we're looking at this is, does this mean I need to sell everything? Does this mean to be sell all my electronics, all my toys? Does this mean I can't buy that new car? Does this mean I, my wife, I'm gonna to have to tell her, "Sorry, honey, you can't buy that new dress that you really want. I'm really sorry." Or, you know, husband, you can't buy that new toy you're wanting. Some of these verses they seem so extreme that we land in one of two places: we throw them out, <laughs> we just say that's just that's just two thousand years ago, or we go to the other extreme and we say, let's sell it all. Honey, let's sell it all. Where's the middle ground for this? I think the truth of the matter is this. When this lands where it should, there's really nothing to be afraid of. When we have a clear understanding of the fact that God, He he really has provided more than we need. All of us have what we need, but for many of us, He's provided so much more than we need. And He promises that we'll, we'll prioritize His kingdom over our kingdom. He, he continues to meet our needs. He continues to, to bless. Here some thoughts as far as where to start. Developing a lifestyle of generosity. As far as your life is concerned, percentage. You know, pick a percentage. This idea is probably not new to you. But when you pick a percentage that you're going to be generous with, 1%, 2%, you know, the average American gives 2% of their income away to something. Whether that's to, you know, feeding people around the, you know, in, in other parts, or whether it's, helping you know, give at church or whether it's just giving money to people that need it in their family, the average American uses 2% of their income. Pick a percentage. Just figure out, all right, I'm going to start there. I'll start with what's average. Pick one. And decide up front, before I fund my kingdom, I'm going to fund that. I'm going to be generous. That's the first thing. Pick one. Secondly, prioritize it. Get rid of it. First thing you want to do, get it out of your kingdom. When you get paid, get that percentage out of your kingdom before you spend it. Not month to month, because it's going to depend on your feelings if you handle this month to month. The first checks I write, they need to go outside of my kingdom. Or for sure, it will get swallowed up by my lifestyle. The last thing is progressive. Just put a, you know, grow my generosity over time. Just over time that I would be progressive in my generosity. As my income rises, as time goes on, my heart is becoming more and more generous. When I started first giving back to God, I remember thinking, God, this really hurts. This really hurts because I was so used to to living off of everything that I made. And I remember thinking, man, this is painful, and I don't know if I'm ever going to get used to that. Okay, I just need to get used to it. I just need to get used to it. And we tend to think of it as, I'll get used to it someday to be a generous person. Then I remember buying my first... A uh, piece of property. We bought a condominium in Chino Hills. It's like 10 years ago. And we bought this condominium and I thought, wow, home ownership is not cheap. You know, they say, oh, it'll be, you know, it'll be pretty inexpensive because you'll get a tax break. And I remember that first bill, fifteen ninety dollars every month, $15.90, dollars 90 dollars And I'm like, man, this number does not. Now, the other numbers can go up and down, right? Groceries, well, we can't eat this. One. We've got to pay our 15 90 We can't, don't drive around too much, but we gotta, it's 1590. You can sleep in the kitchen, you can gather all the kids and put them in the kitchen, you're still paying 1590. You can go out of the country, you can go on a month vacation, you still gotta pay your 1590, and we think, I'll get used to it. I just just gotta get used to it. We probably, when it comes to generosity, we should not embrace that same mentality. We shouldn't think, I just need to get used to it, and someday it won't hurt as much. The truth of the matter is, over time, God wants to grow our generosity beyond what we're currently doing in the area of generosity. If it's a steady 1%, He wants to grow that because He wants to continue to chisel away at this dark area of greed. He wants to continue to chisel away at our greed. If we're not careful, we get set in this, in this thought. We leave it alone. And then we just continue to consume and store and hoard and protect And get angry at. The pull of greed is so, so strong. And we think, I'm not greedy. I'm just a planner. I'm just a saver. I'm just a good steward. I'm just smart. But remember, this is not about our money. Jesus says, this is all about your heart, not your money. It's about your heart. He wants our heart. And right now, if this whole talk is way too personal, and right about now you're at the point of offense, you're like, he's really offending me. He's really offending me. Again, on this topic... And you think, this is just about increasing the money that they have in this place. I, said, I know what this is about. This is every time I go to church, this is what I hear. doesn't matter if it's this church or another here, it's always the money. Honestly, don't give here, then. Don't give here. The challenge is to be generous. God wants us to be generous. The challenge is, I strongly encourage you to take the message to heart and pick a percentage and get it out of your kingdom. You don't have to give it here, but give it. That way the grip of greed slowly breaks down in your life. I want to encourage Jared to come on up here. What would we look like as a church? And the band, I guess I should bite the whole band. I don't know if you guys will all come up at once, but Jared and the band. What would we look like as a church if we began to just beat down greed? As individuals, as families, if we begin to just say, you know what? I, we're going to start talking about this As a couple. We're going to talk about this. We're spending so much on ourselves. And we do so little for others. Or, hey, we already do a lot for, for others. We're stewarding well. But I think God wants us to be more generous through the years. God continues to pour blessing into our lives. He, he, he really does want us to learn to grow in this area of generosity. What would our city look like if the churches of Riverside were full of generous people? If things happened and the churches said, hey, we, we got this covered. We've been planning for this to happen we knew this would happen what if we as, as families as individuals had a percentage that we're just setting aside for the unexpected things that would come up not just in our life not our own personal emergency fund but the emergencies that come up in other people's lives so that we had serious money set aside to be able to help because sometimes those needs come up and we say you know what man I want to help but I just don't have a plan I didn't have a plan for that what if we had a plan what if it's interesting if you look at if you look at Jewish culture there was this the Lord would have them set aside every 3rd year they would set aside an extra tithe based based on what they received and it was to go to the widows the orphans it was to go to those who were less fortunate and what if what if families took that principle and began to think along those lines of I'm setting some money aside intentionally for the crises that come up in our world or in our city or in our in our church family, so that when it comes up, the wallet can come out, and I can say, you know, I've been planning on this. You know, we tend to think, wow, ten thousand dollars. She just she wrecked her car, and she's, you know, ah, that it sucks for her. We wouldn't typically tend to think that we should do anything about that. But the truth of the matter is, I think in the early church there was this there was a there was this fellowship. This koinonia, they called it, that they cared about each other. They cared for each other's needs. You don't have some? Oh, I I have extra. And I really think God pours extra in our lives so we can be a true blessing to other people. It's not just about us. And what a challenging thing. If we'll take this seriously, it's going to challenge us. I think this is exactly the area for us as Americans. People with jobs, people with resources need to be challenged in. So, take out that connection card and you'll see it. On the back, you'll see these next steps. Take a look at those three next steps here. Maybe this week, you need to look at your money trail. Where are you spending your money? Try to figure out, where's my heart wrapped around right now? What is it my heart is tied to? Secondly, maybe take an hour this week to fill out that little possessions inventory. Go through your closet. Go through your drawers and see, what do I really have? List those things out. Maybe share that with your your friend, your spouse. And then ask the question, why am I storing up so much when I know there's some people who could probably use some of this stuff right now, currently. Or what about this step? Use my surplus to meet an anonymous need. You probably know someone who could use what you have in abundance of. So you might consider taking one of those steps. Or maybe there's just another area you feel like God has really been dealing with you on in the area of greed or generosity. You know, I just encourage you to respond how God is speaking to you. So let's pray together. Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for Your Word and the truth that we find in it. Lord, You, all of us, God, we live in in one of the, you know, one of the wealthiest countries. And Lord, we live like kings here compared to so much the rest of the world. And God, we have such a myopic, a nearsighted view of needs and of others. And God, just personally just as I'm challenged with this stuff, I know that you're just, you're wanting me to stretch my generosity. And Lord, I pray that's the same for our church. I pray that we would just be a group of people who looks beyond ourselves, Lord, in an unusual way so that as needs arise, we say, hey, we're prepared for that. And God, I pray you you challenge us in this area, God. Help us to, to take these words of Jesus to heart. Help us to wrestle with this this week, God, as we just ask you that question about, God, what are you, What are your goals? You're mine, but God, what are yours most importantly, We just give you the freedom to work in this area. We thank you for how you have blessed us, God. So much that you've given us, Lord, we do not deserve. And, and we're just truly grateful, Lord. Help us to live with real gratitude. Help us to be generous people. Give us the courage, God, to apply these things today, God, and this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a moment, our usher is going to come around to receive the offering, and if you uh, would, make sure you put that connection card in there, let us know you were here. If you have anything that you'd like us to pray for, uh, make sure you write that on there, and um, we'll pray for that this week. And so, really glad you've come. Jerry's going to lead us in a final song, and so, ushers, you can go ahead and receive the offering, and I'm trying to think if there's any other announcements you need to know about. You may not have heard, but Bruce and Aaron did have their baby, and and I believe the baby might be here. Oh, the baby is here! Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, there she is! There she is! Oh, that is precious, precious. So, um, they're firstborn. So, well, thanks for worshiping with us, and let's uh, let's worship.
1: Would you guys like to stand? Last song. I have an announcement. I will be having a lot of jackets this week available uh, maybe some sweaters a lot of jeans and shoes so come find me if you need some of those um, it's a just to say it. it's just a huge thing I, I know I'm super greedy and I can be that way and uh, just encourage you with God's help he is mighty he is absolutely fantastically mighty and he can help just soften the blow of, of how generosity might hit us and um I think it's a it's a really great thing and something to really think about. Think about it as we sing this song. Define me all my fears and failures. He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. And forever, author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. One more time, our God. Say, He can move the mountains. Lord, thank you so much for allowing us to worship you today. Help us just to work on this area of greed in our lives. And help us to come back and be stronger than ever. With your help, we can do it, Lord. And we just thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for worshiping us.